and I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and the terrible day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem shall be deliverance, as the Lord hath said, and in the remnant whom the Lord shall call. All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of The Remnant Call. I'm your host, Brother Frank, and glad to be here with you. Um, folks, if you didn't hear last week's program, The Abyss of No Decision, you need to hear that, and I'm going to tell you why. See, folks, there is so much problem this day and hour in the body of believers of always talking and wanting yet never coming to decision. You know, I work. I've been working in network engineering and telecom. Back in the old days, I started out just as a cable monkey. And I can remember when fiber optic cable first came out. And we would be down, and we were down in Bush Gardens, Virginia, pulling these eight quarter mile long runs. And, and there would be 96 strands of fiber, and it was like $10 a foot. And we would, we would have to start halfway in this pool boxes, and you would pull it down. Uh, one way, and then you would measure back off through maybe an eighth of a mile or more back the other direction, and you would pull it all off the roll, and then you would backfeed it back in there. Now, here was the pressure. You didn't want to overpull it much because at $10 a foot, you would have $1,000. If you went 100 feet over, whatever, you, would, you would just have be spending tons of money. It was so expensive to overpull. But it would be better to lose a few thousand dollars on a quarter-mile run than to come up one millimeter too short. You see, folks, nothing would be more of a tragedy than to come to the end of your life never making that commitment to actually follow the Lord. Folks, God is looking for people in this hour that are willing to go all the way, not looking for perfect vessels. He's looking for willing vessels. People that are willing to, no matter where they're at in life, uh, to be willing to go forward. If you're waiting until you get perfect, well, you will continue to sit and wait. God needs us now. He's a specialist at taking the broken and making them into useful vessels fit for the kingdom. Folks, tonight I have a very special guest on our show, Dr. Michael Lake. He is here from the Kingdom Intelligence Briefing. If you don't know who Dr. Michael Lake is, he is the senior pastor of the Biblical Life Assembly. He's also the chancellor and founder of the Biblical Life College and Seminary and serves as an educational consultant for various Christian organizations around the world. Dr. Lake is listed in the U.S. Registry Who's Who Among Outstanding Americans, Sterling's Who's Who Executive Edition, and the Who's Who Among American Teachers, Accomplishments in Ministry. He is also the author of the best-selling books, The Shinar Directive, Preparing the Way of the Son of Perdition, and The Shariath Imperative, Empowering the Remnant to Overcome the Gates of Hell. Dr. Lake is an expert, folks, in the end times, and he's here tonight to talk about how do we get prepared for the soon coming 
of our Lord and Savior, Yeshua Jesus. And with that, folks, I want to share a little story as we begin to get into this program. It's a fable about three devils. And it tells about these three apprentice devils that had come to the earth to finish their apprenticeship. They were talking to Satan about their plans to tempt and to keep man from God. The first said, I will tell them that there is no God. Satan said, that will not deceive many, for they know now that there is a God. The second said, I will tell men that there is no hell. Satan answered, you will deceive no one that way. Men know even now that there is a hell for sin. The third said, I will tell men that there is no hurry. You can continue on doing what you want. Go, said Satan, and you will stop many from entering the kingdom of God. How much truth to that fable is there? Delay, waiting, maybe tomorrow, are some of the worst things for a believer to ever do. The good thing about God, though, is that he's willing at any moment for you to come and say, Now, Lord, I want to do something different, and I want to follow you. Well, with that, I'm going to bring on Dr. Lake into the program tonight. Dr. Lake, are you here with us? I am. It's great to be with you tonight, Frank. Well, hey, God bless you. Um, I just so much thank you and appreciate, uh, Dr. Lake, what you do. Um, knowing that you are an expert in many things of what's going on in this last hour, especially with technology and uh, stuff that I'm, you know, myself working in, in network engineering, uh, I am familiar with a lot of these things, although I've learned a lot of stuff from you. And um, But you have a, I feel, a more important role, Dr. Lake, and that is ministering to the soul, which is something that uh, is being lost in many places, unfortunately, although not all, but many places in this hour. And, and that is, what does it mean to be a believer? What do we do to get ready? And so, Dr. Lake, I appreciate you coming on tonight. I'm going to ask that you could open up this show with a word of prayer as we get started. Sure. Well, Father, we come to you right now in the name of Jesus. And Father, we want the balance of heaven. We know that we're supposed to walk in the kingdom now, and the interesting dynamic is this. The kingdom is now, but not yet. It's on the inside of us, but it's not completely manifested around us. And, and, and Father, teach us to walk as your disciples did, that our faith could grow to the place that it would be like that mustard plant, uh, that it would grow and begin to spread out to where others can find refuge. Father, under what your kingdom is doing on the inside of us. Teach us to be that in a world that's gone crazy, that's gone mad. Amen. And, uh, Father, just help us move to be your hands, your feet, your voice in, in the earth. In a fresh and a new way, we ask. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Dr. Lake, um, as we're getting started here, because I don't want to forget sometimes at the end we get so into the message Tell people how they can keep up with what you do and how they can follow uh, the teachings that you have. We are, Our main communication hub is kingdomintelligencebriefing.com, or you can also just type in drmichaellake.com, and it'll take you to the same uh, website. Uh, and it, we try to post at least two uh, episodes of Biblical Life TV every month, uh, as well as weekly podcasts with my wife, any other kind of news. Uh, I'm still working, trying to find the time to get all the conferences I've got laid out this year uh, up on the up on the site. Uh, I've got at least one conference a month, starting in March all the way through September or October, I believe. 
And so we're going to try to get those up so where if somebody's near uh, where I'm going to be, I'd love to have you guys out for one of those conferences. Absolutely. And, and folks, I've gotten the privilege to meet Dr. Lake in person and hear him speak. And um, the, he always has something a little deeper than many of the presentations. Um, and I appreciate that. Um, Dr. Lake, I shared with you that fable. Um, although it is a fable, it seems so true about this taking our time, no hurry. Unfortunately, though, today in the remnant community, there seems to be this hurry to understand knowledge of the times, but not much action into changing the walk with God. Are you experiencing some of the same things when you look out here and see what's going on? I am. You know, it's, it's kind of interesting for the last, let's see, I, I wrote the Shiner Directive, what, almost five, six years ago. Um, a good portion of the church doesn't even want to deal with end-time stuff. You know, it's just... Uh, I, I just want to feel better about myself and tell me I'm okay and I don't have to change and God just takes me just the way I am. And they don't like me because I say, no, he may accept you the way you are, but if he really loves you, he's not going to leave you that way. <laughs> you know, uh, he's going to change. Amen. And then we have those that, that have uh, awakened uh, to really where we are. And I mean, the, um, I mean, we're, we're heading uh, to the end of the end of the end of the last days faster than anybody could really even imagine. But one of the things that has concerned me is that uh, they live completely on a diet of of whatever doom and gloom and nanotech and uh, whatever else is you know is the the flavor of the week. And then I mean I have I have had to minister to people. They they get home from work and they'll they'll start listening to that and they'll listen to it till you know midnight, and uh, they're not doing anything to spiritually prepare. They're not doing anything to emotionally prepare. And, uh, you know, there's, there's some like that that fear takes over. And I, I've had to, you know, back off the spirits of fear off people. Others think that they have this Willy Wonka golden ticket and they're going to get out of here kind of before everything ever gets bad. But they love to hear how many, how many freckles we have found that are on the Antichrist's nose. And it, it, can, it can be like cotton candy. And they'll they'll run from meeting to meeting to meeting to meeting, hearing something new. But at the same time, when you really sit down and talk with them, they have not grown closer to God. They have uh, they their faith is not increasing, and uh, they're they're at the same place spiritually and emotionally the way they were maybe the first time I met them five or six years ago. And that really is a, a dangerous situation. That you know if the devil can't get you. It can't get you to ignore where we are. Then he's going to get you so zoned in on it that uh, that you you end up with almost a, a type of spiritual paralysis. And uh, you know, I, I found out when I was in the military, and uh, I, I was back during peacetime. Our, our biggest worry were the Russians were going to come uh, across the border when uh, when I was in Würzburg, Germany. And uh, with the East, you know, East Germany, and they were literally 20 minutes by air away from where we were. And, uh, you know, I wasn't in combat. I was, uh, instead of an airborne ranger, I, I, I was chairborne because I was admin. But God had strategically placed me. I was in the, 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 uh, the chief of staff's office in 3rd Infantry Division. I was, I was at the command level most of the time that I was in the military. 
And so intelligence was, was extremely valuable. Okay, we, it, because there's what I call the Game of Thrones in that they're trying to plan stuff against us. We're trying to plan stuff against them. They're trying to hide what they're doing so that we can't find out what they're doing. At the same time, we're working hard to discover what they're doing and then to develop plans to overcome. And I, I think that's where we're, we're missing it. Okay, there's going to be nanotech. There's going to be all kinds of crazy stuff out there. Uh, the coronavirus may be something that was released by accident. It may have been something that was released on purpose. Uh, there's pointing, you know, all the data that I can see is pointing back to that uh, uh, that uh, chemical weapons laboratory and biological weapons laboratory that was in Wuhan. Whether it came from there or not, it's, it's, but even the scientists in China are beginning to point that way. Yes. You know, that's, that's this week's labor, okay? But there's, there's going to be more, and there's going to be more things down the road. Uh, you know, and with these things, you know, let's, let's, just, let's just address the, the physical, okay? Okay, you know this stuff's out here, and so are we going to just sit home and shake when Christians right now are out ministering on the streets in Wuhan, they're leading people to Jesus, and they're actually beginning to pray for people and see them healed of the coronavirus, there's reports of that coming out of China. Amen. You know, I'd rather be the guy that that's out there and is doing things. Uh, you know, there's a lot of common sense stuff we have to we have to do. You know, you have to you have to learn how to wash your hands a lot. Uh, learn learn the power of, of colloidal silver and colloidal gel, and just a lot of common sense things. But at the same time, I'm, I'm reminded uh, back in uh, it was before World War World War One, I, I believe, if I'm remembering right. John G. Lake was a missionary in Africa, and uh, he had just about went all the way through school to become a medical doctor. God called him to ministry, and so he's over there ministering, and his people are out there praying for people, ministering to people, leading people to Jesus in the middle of a epidemic of the blue bonnet plague or bubonic plague, and uh, their people aren't getting sick. And so the scientists come down, the medical community comes down from England, and you know they're taking their shots and they're trying to do all the things just right, and some of their people are getting sick, and they couldn't figure out why John G. Lake's missionaries weren't getting sick. And he said, "I'll show you." He said, "He said the the people die with a bloody froth coming out of their their lungs." And he said, "Put that on a slide and look at it." And they looked at it, and it was teeming with uh, with the plague. And so he said, let me, let me hold the slide for a minute. And he, he held the slide, and he prayed and worshiped God for a minute. And he said, that ought to do it. And when they looked back under the microscope, all that, all that bacteria had died wow. because he had developed his faith. He had developed his relationship with God. We, 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 we see, you know, Jesus said, listen, the kingdom of God is within you. Peter, in his lifetime, we read this in the book of Acts, the kingdom of God got so big on the inside of him that if you could get near enough that you were within the casting of his shadow, there was like a field of, of the kingdom around him that people were healed simply by getting that close to him. And we, we need to have that kind of faith today, whether it's the coronavirus this week or some, you know, swine flu, bird flu, or even the nanotech that literally our world has been covered in nanotech, and we we don't realize it that it's embedded into our into our bodies, and uh, being able to believe that you know what, 
when they flip the switch, my my nanotech is not going to switch on because the power of God in me deactivated at the moment it entered into my body. Because this know. this is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And so we 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 in fact I've uh, probably the last month or so Mary and I uh, on the weekends when uh, things are quiet and and uh, you know instead of putting on okay watch the what's the newest action movie uh, we'll go on YouTube and Google I, I want to listen to Lester Summerall I want to listen to some of the pioneers of faith and 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 to hear the stories of Smith Wigglesworth and uh, and to hear them teach the Word of God. Uh, because it causes faith. The Bible says, "Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word." And as you know, as we as we do these things, and we're 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 awake to what the enemy is doing, we need to feed ourselves a lot from the Word of God to keep balance. That's that's why I always go back to the eighty twenty principle: eighty percent word, twenty percent in the investigation of what the enemy is doing, so that you can stay balanced. Because either fear will get a hold of you. Uh, I had a friend when he was in seminary, he was doing his doctorate on the New Age and the errors of the New Age, and he had to lay it down because he said, I'm reading Edgar Cayce, and I'm reading this one and that one, and he said, one day it clicked and it all made sense. And he said, that's when it alarmed me. And he said, I had to go, I had to set it all back down and go back to the Word. And it, it's the word that gives us strength. It's, it's that relationship with God that, that gives us strength. It's being able to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, because you know, and, and, and having having the food supplies, having an AR-15 and a million rounds of ammunition or whatever you think that you need to have. Uh, the truth be known, that that would that would not protect you for five minutes if you couldn't hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. And, and guys, it, it's time for us to start really saying, okay, I, I need to balance out my time. Yes, I need to understand these things, whether it's, you know, meteors coming or whatever. But I really need to take a hard look at my relationship with God. Am I praying the way that I should? Am I, am I trying to develop my faith? You know, Jesus said, you know, he said, listen, everybody has a, has a measure of faith the size of a, a grain of mustard seed, but Unless you plant it and start cultivating it, it's not going to grow. And what what am I doing to cultivating my faith? Am I really getting in the Word? Am I really trying to draw closer to the Lord and and learn how to to not only pray but to see results when I pray? Is I I, I think is a watchword for the hour. <coughs> you know, Doctor Lake is, reminds me of this. Um, there was a minister where I live. Uh, he's he's passed away now, and he used to have this radio program. Loved listening to it. He was old school, and man, he he was different than every other minister. And um, he was talking about this church that had gotten so involved uh, in spiritual warfare, they were focusing on the devil uh, and what they were going to do. So he went down. This church had gotten into a terrible shape. He went down there, he started looking through their songbooks and everything, and all their stuff was about what they were going to do to the devil, how they were going to hurt him. And they had just gotten themselves completely out of whack. And, and I'm not against spiritual warfare or anything like that, but he made them come and get rid and burn all that stuff, these books they were in, and he did nothing but preach Jesus and got that church back on track. Now, this was a minister it was about the end times and everything else, but he realized that they were so focused on the enemy, they forgot the one that they were serving. 
And I feel when you talked about yeah. that 80-20 role, it's the same thing that happens today. We're so focused on the times, we forget the one that we serve, the one that's going to bring an end to it all. You know, I remember a book I read years ago called Ordering My Private World, and I believe the guy's name was uh, McDonald, if I want to say, uh, uh, George McDonald. And one of the things that he said, you know, I said, listen, life puts a lot of pressure on you. And he kind of likened life to like a balloon. And he said, listen, the, the, the trick of the balloon is you have to have as, if, as much pressure on the outside, inside as there is on the outside to bring balance basketball same way and he said if you don't take the time to to really pray and to get into the word of god and meditate on the word and, and to hear some good solid faith building preaching along with this other stuff the pressure on the outside will get so great it'll it'll collapse the ball and i, I think that's where we're at for a lot of believers is there they they their fear has paralyzed them when what i see you know, and I, I I can see all this stuff. In fact, you know, I could I could probably share stuff tonight that if, if, if all I did was share the stuff that I know, half your viewers would start digging bunkers in their backyard tomorrow. Okay, <laughs> I can agree with that. But at at the same time, I could spend twice as much time telling you about the Jesus that I know and how that He is a high and mighty tower. And that he is the protector. And I can tell you the times when, it, when in, in our past, when uh, Mary and I, every Christian ran for the hills when the occult came after us. And we were poisoned, but we didn't die. That they, they tried to kill us and, and, and tried to curse us to death, and it wouldn't work. Or the time that we literally saw God pick up a semi and set it back on the right side of the road when we were just on a two-lane highway. I mean, just over and over and over again. That uh, because, and a lot of times, you know, we didn't know back then, we don't even know what we know now. I mean, I, I was studying it and trying to find out what, you know, what, uh, what is the doctrine and the, and the doctrine of war, the enemy and the occult and what they do and what they believe. I was, I was just getting into the heat of it then. But what we did is we threw ourselves in the mercy of God and knew that if it wasn't for him, uh, that we could, uh, that I could carry an AK-47 or an AR-15 with me 24/7, and it's not going to stop what they're going to do. You know, there's there's one thing of of being protective and and using wisdom. There's another thing in realizing that, uh, you know, if they drop a bomb on you, that you know, having having a nine millimeter is really not going to do a lot. Okay, but Amen. I serve the God that can make the bomb hit somewhere else. I serve the God that can wake me up in the middle of the night and say, get out and go over here and go and do this or, 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 or pull over on the other side of the road when they were planning to uh, to cause a vehicle that looked like there was going to be a car accident and take your life. Those are the things that we're talking about. You know, I, I have seen uh, and I, I've, heard, I've heard prophets talk about, you know, in the end times, uh, you know, even though you're fasting and you're trying to make your food just last just as long as you could, eventually it'll run out. And he said that's when people will bow their heads and pray. And when they open their eyes, God has put food on the table. That's Amen. the kind of stuff I'm talking about. Because what, what I see, guys, there, there is, a, there is uh, you know, when we had, when in, in um, the Cold War, there was like mutual assured destruction. Another word for that is, is 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 parity that we that both sides were just as strong to where if they if they you know if both sides fired 
there would be nothing left, you know, kind of thing. Uh, what, what I see in Daniel, I think it's Daniel 11, 32, if I'm remembering right, it, it talks about the rise of the Antichrist. And, uh, you know, he's doing these marvelous works and these who can stand against him and all this. And then in the midst of all that, and when he's at his pinnacle, God throws in there, but there are those that know their God. And that word know is the same Hebrew word for intimacy, like marriage intimacy, where they really, really know God. And they will do great exploits. You know, and, and what's interesting is the great exploits in the Hebrews, the same in that same verse above where the Antichrist was doing great exploits, that they were able to move in the same level of kingdom power that he was moving in occult power. And that's where I want the remnant to be. It's not just knowing what's coming. It's being prepared, spirit, soul, and body, so that I can move in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, that I can be in a position that I can help people and bring the kingdom and bring the light of the gospel and the light of the kingdom when the world is going to be the darkest. Because my passion is for when all this stuff begins to break out, Jesus is still going to get a harvest. And with the number of people that are alive on planet Earth today, brother, we could literally see more people one to Jesus in the next three years or the next five years that have been won since Jesus rose from the dead up to yesterday. Amen. If you That's think mine. about well, I, I agree because I've always believed that, you know, there's, there's kind of like this tithe, um, law of the tithe at the end times. And from what I see, there's the city that went out by a thousand shall go out by a hundred. And when it went out by a hundred should go out by ten. If just a tithe alone of current earth's population came to the Lord, do you know how many people that is? Yeah. I mean, just, just that amount. Uh, that's huge. And you could say, well, and you could say, well, God's not doing that right now. Maybe not in America. But let me tell you something. In the, in the Middle East, in China, did you know China is the, one of the things that the communist leaders are looking at is within another 10 years, they're going to be like 1% of the entire population because the rest of the population is going to be Christian and they can't stop it. Amen. Right, right now, per capita in Iran, Iran is more of a Christian nation than America. Al Jazeera is griping because all the all the Muslims are becoming Christians over in the Middle East. There is revival breaking out and souls are being won, but because we have been so a part of the Laodicean church that we just think we got a kickback and we've got it made and we're naked and we're blind and and we we need his healing. And it's not just about finding out about where we're headed and the things the enemy's doing. It's learning how to be like David, that you're standing in front of a descendant of a Nephilim, and all you have is a rock in your hand. But let me tell you something. With faith, with covenant faith before a holy God, that rock is more than enough to bring that giant down. Amen. I, I I agree with that and, and believe that, and and folks, this is what we've been talking about. One thing, Doctor Lake, you mentioned earlier in Daniel eleven about doing the exploits. It also says right before that, it says the people that know God they will be strong and do exploits, and that's kind of the the counter opposite, folks. I know the 
the remnant, the believer, they're persecuted people. There, it's it, there's hard times. I mean, Amos talks about you know, you're it's so bad you're running from a bear. You go in the house and put your hand on a wall and a snake bites you. I mean, that's how intense it is. But there is also a strength, even when people's time of weakness, that God brings amongst the people to do that which they are not able to do, uh, Doctor Lake. And I feel that that's we're forgetting that. At the darkest hours, God is going to do the greatest of works. The har- Folks, the, the, the gospel went around the world once by feet. On about 30 years, it's a little bit of debate how long it took. But they took it around the world once already on foot, and it's going again. And I believe, Dr. Lake, as you're talking about right now in China and in, and in Afghanistan, different Middle East countries, that – Folks, as the, we need these end times to come along, things are going to actually get crazy. But as this is going crazy, doors are being opened, and the Chinese have been preparing for the last 50-some years to take the gospel from China back to Jerusalem on the old Silk Roads through the Arab countries. The hardest, most devastated places are the gospel. The Chinese have been preparing to take the gospel. I'm sure you've heard of the Back to Jerusalem movement uh, Dr. Lake. Mm-hmm. And uh, they have, folks, we always think so often that's America. We see it as we're the ones that are taking the gospel to the world. And we certainly did. But now, little known fact to many people, other countries are sending missionaries back to us now. They Go are. Ahead, Dr. Uh, Korea is. Africa is. Yeah. And uh, they're, they're not, they're not, they're not repeating the, uh, Pablum that you get on Christian TV anymore. They're they're coming with the fire of God and a true word, and uh, that that's what we need, and that's that's the hunger that we have to have. You know, even the whole the whole concept of the best life now. Okay, let's let's take that in this this whole uh, arena of this. Biblically, this is my hell. Once I get saved, this is as bad as it's going to get. After I die, it's all uphill from there. Okay. Now, for the unbeliever, this is their heaven. It's all hell after this. Jesus said, listen, in this world you will have great tribulation. But then he said, and he said, now, now just chill for a minute because, listen, I'm walking with you and be of good cheer because I've overcome the world. And then, you know, First John, one of the last books written, in fact, it was written after the book of Revelation. Uh, I, I really hold First uh, John in, in a lot of esteem because I can see you know, John wrote the gospel, then he, there's some of the last books of the, of the New Testament written. He wrote the book of Revelation. And then I can see John's heart, my goodness, what am I going to do to prepare them? And so he wrote First John. And he said, listen, this is the faith that over, this, uh, the, he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God overcometh the world. And this is how we overcome the world, even our faith. And, and he knew some things. They, they tried to kill him, couldn't kill him, put him on the Isle of Patmos and exiled him. And so he wrote the book of Revelation because he, he was in the spirit on the Lord's day. He knew how to overcome. When you look at the church in the, in the book of Acts, they were a persecuted church. And I'm not talking about, you know, somebody saying something just to hurt your feelings. They had the Romans wanting to kill them. They had the Jews wanting to hunt them down and to shut them up. And, I mean, they were getting it from every single side. But when they would come to town, when Paul would come to town, it says, here comes the ones that have turned the world upside down in the middle of intense persecution. 
and we, we have it within us. No matter what the enemy has done, God can do greater. It was in the midst of that persecution they saw healings and deliverance and people raised from the dead. And, and people, you know, when Philip was, he, he couldn't wait for a Greyhound bus, so God just teleported him to where he needed to share the gospel, and then he was gone somewhere else. Uh, I mean, when, when that, though these stories are real, and the things that they share are real because they're to inspire us to reach deeper and higher in God than we ever have before. Uh, Smith Wigglesworth used to say, listen, he said, I stretch my faith out as far as it can go. And if that's not enough, I have nine gifts of the Holy Spirit I can tack on the end of it. Amen. And we, we need to have men and women of courage that can say the same thing today. Well, amen. And, and the folks, I think one of the things that, that seems to be the struggle is, uh, you know, you being in the military, I was in the Marines, and 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 folks, I've shared this before. If you're going to go into the battle, and you've got a choice between this brand new second lieutenant, or maybe a newly promoted captain, still smells like officer candidate school, or some crusty old sergeant that's done three or four tours already on the field, you're going to take that crusty old sergeant any day of the week because he's been tried. He knows what to do, and he understands the threat that's against him. And, and folks, a lot of times in my experience, we see the things and we experience the struggles that we have. But if we only knew the preparation that God's trying to do to prepare his people, we would view it much differently than if we just saw this as, oh, well, it's so bad and terrible – Dr. Lake, I was listening to a thing about some years ago how the pastors in China didn't want the persecution to stop because the church was so on fire. That's so contrary. Now, folks, I'm not asking for for persecution right now. I'm just trying to say that doesn't sound like your best life now. Yet it was. It is. And what's happening over there cannot be stopped no matter how hard the communist government tries to do it. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, we, we don't necessarily want persecution in, in America, although we do have it in many ways already. But what we do have is if people would take their faith seriously and take the Word of God seriously and to begin to pray and to say, Lord, let your spirit breathe and move through me. Let me make a difference with those that I meet. Let Jesus be alive in me, and let that relationship that I have with you, Lord, be so real that it begins to affect the ones around us. Man, if we'd get back to that, I tell you what, we would, we would rock this nation with the power of God. And well, that's, that's, I think we need that more than anything right now. Absolutely, and so that's kind of, you know, Dr. Lake, we were you know, talking briefly before, and, and you just mentioned, you know, talking about all the things that are going on, the coronavirus, the nanotech, and, and that's a, a, just these, the coronavirus folks, that's just one beginning of many other things that are coming. Uh, if you look at the interesting thing in Ezekiel, it talks about how God releases all of the different, you know, his judgments. And, you know, even if Daniel, Noah, or Job was a, uh, was there they could only deliver themselves not sons and daughters but then at the end he says if i release them all at once 
He says that's when you're going to see sons and daughters, meaning the greatest deliverance comes when everything falls apart at one time. So, you know, here we are facing these things. People are frightened, but yet God is calling us to peace and war, meaning, but from the perspective of we still have a mission, and that's to win the lost. And that mission never changes, no matter how bad the situation gets. So my question, you know, Dr. We, go ahead. I, I say, no, we, we need to ask ourselves, how do we get there? You know, how do we get to the place where we are? That's exactly and, what, I'm, yes, what I wanted leading to. How do we get, how do we get back on the right track for this hour? Well, first of all, we need to know that we are at warfare. Uh, you know, Ephesians is one of the uh, deepest little short books in the Bible. I mean, Ephesians, uh, I've got some older Bibles. I can literally pull out the book of Ephesians and wave it at you and stick it back in because I've taught out of it so much. One of the reasons why it was such a deep theological work is the Apostle Paul, a few years before that, had just finished up a three-year missionary journey to Ephesus. And he actually caused a riot within maybe within a few weeks to at the most two months of getting there. We read that in the book of Acts, where the, the men of the city begin to, to storm and to, and to chant, Great is Diana, for two hours. And it, it got to the place where if that, that clerk had not done what he had done, they would have probably went through the city and killed Paul and every Christian that they could find. And the reality was, Ephesus was a city that had been founded a thousand years before the Apostle Paul got there. And with their own legend, it was founded by the Amazon women who uh, built it there because it was near the birthplace of Gaia. It was, it was ground zero for female goddess worship. And so that principality over that area was very, very, very strong. And they had awakened it. And, and had, it had stirred the culture against them because principalities will control culture. And so when the Apostle Paul said, you know, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, that word there, Pele in, in, in uh, Greek literally means to wrestle in a contest until one of them had the other one down with their hand on their neck. But what's interesting, when the Apostle Paul used that word, he said it in, in the present tense, and it was active, and it was in, in, indicative, which literally meant that it's, it's active, it's ongoing, and that it's real. He was, he was not using a metaphor. In Ephesus, they knew that it was real. And one of the things that when I begin digging out uh, what principalities are, then the, the Greek word is archaic. You know, with, most of us will dig down and find out they were probably one of the first of the, of the immortals or angels that were made. They're very, very ancient. But one of the things when I, when I drill down into the Greek-English lexicon of the New Testament based on Semitic domains, a very long name for a book, uh, it revealed something. It said a supernatural power having a particular role in controlling the destiny and activity of human beings. And we, we need to understand everything that's going on in the world, everything is done by this, this council of these principalities that are working in concert. And we, we find when we study the Bible, we go back to Deuteronomy, I think it's around 28, 32 or something like that, when uh, when Moses was retelling the uh, the story of uh, the Tower of Babel, uh, in the King James Version, it says he divided humanity according to the to the number of the sons of the children of Israel, which was 
uh, one of the few places there's an interpolation in the scripture, there's a contradiction uh, because some translations read differently. And uh, that was finally settled with the Dead Sea Scroll when those, when those scrolls came out because it should be interpreted he, he uh, divided the nations according to the, the number of the Bene Elohim, the sons of God, the ones that had fallen, that God yes. had divorced humanity and placed them under these principalities and powers. And he said, but listen, I'm going to have for an inheritance, I'm going to have Jacob. And, and so he pulled Abraham literally out of the headquarters, out of Babylon, to come and walk with him. And, and the minute Abraham did that, he walked out of the control of that principality and directly under the control of God. Now, the day that we got saved, we were translated out of the power of darkness out of their control, into the kingdom of his dear son, Jesus became my Lord, and, and he is the one, the Prince of Peace, is the one who controls my destiny. But the church has forgotten that those principalities are constantly wrestling with us to get the upper hand so they can begin controlling our destinies once again. And I'm, I'm here to tell you that part of the, the, the remnant, the part of this is waking up not only to see what the enemy is doing, but to wake up to the reality of this wrestling and have that how that I am giving the ability of God to wrestle even when the entire culture is against me, that I have the power of God to bring the light of the gospel because I am not under the authority of that principality or power. Amen. I am directly the authority of Jesus. And so that's why he said, listen, that's the, the reason to put on the whole armor of God it's not so that you can get your stuff back from the devil. It's the stand in context. It's the stand from all the cultural pressure and all these different things that are put on the body of Christ to try to suppress us and bring us back under their control. And I refuse to be someone that is controlled by anybody but Jesus of Nazareth. Amen. And when you, you start seeing the fight like that, and the closer you draw to the king, the less influence they have and the more influence he has and the more he can do. You know, the, the scriptures that talk about how believers will lay hands on the sick and they will recover, that wasn't just, they, he didn't say that was for the fivefold ministry. He said that was for every believer. We find that even in, in, in Ephesians where it talks about the fivefold ministry, they're there to train the rest of the body for ministry. Christianity has got to stop being a, a uh, something that you watch and has to be something that you do. It, it's, it's not an observer-based thing. It, it, everybody is on the field of battle. Everybody, everybody's on the field and the play, and every one of us have our part to do. And when I find that part, no matter what the enemy has done, if I'm listening to my captain... He can teach me how to walk through landmines and not blow up. He can teach me how to go in and rescue the perishing in the midst of a storm because I'm walking according to another kingdom that can bend the laws of this kingdom of darkness that surrounds this planet. And that's what we're talking about in this hour is for us to raise up in faith and say, listen, God in me is greater than the ones that are doing this in the world. And if I will listen to him, yeah, I have to have, you know, I'm, I may, you know, God may lead you and say, listen, I need to have some food reserves. That's good for anybody to have. Because, you know, let's say that uh, uh, this virus or another virus kind of gets out 
And what happens if you if they say, listen, everybody needs to hunker down for a month and, and not leave their homes? It'd be, be kind of handy to have uh, some of those food supplies on hand. Or if there's a natural disaster and they, they can't get the, uh, the the food in the area to have extra supplies that you can feed other people and tell them about Jesus, that's that's common sense. But I don't put all my faith in that. I don't put all my faith in whether I have that I have you know, my Second Amendment right to have weapons, I don't put all my faith in that. I put all my faith in God, and I seek him about the tools and things necessary for me to have to not only keep my family safe, but to be an instrument of his kingdom in whatever is going on around me is our mission in this hour. And one of the things God has been speaking uh, to us is this is the year to identify your giants and target them for uh, to be taken down just like Goliath. The things that are holding you back, the things that are keeping you from God, the things that are any bondage in your life, whatever the thing is that is keeping you from really excelling in God and moving in the power of God are the things that we need to begin fighting against this year because there is a there is an anointing from heaven to, to destroy those things so that when we get to the end of the year that we'll be ready to be used by God like never before. Amen. Amen, Doctor Lake. I mean, but but we we got to be active in doing it. It's not going to fall on us like you know, ripe cherries off a tree. We we we've yeah. got to actively use our faith and be a part of it and say, God, show me how to enter into the flow of this. Amen, and and folks, I want your input on this, Doctor Lake. Um, I've often said before that um, I would I would rather somebody not listen to this program and spend time in the Word than to listen to this program and just not do anything. I, I, folks, yeah. I have, I'm dead serious when I say how much m- more important it is that you spend time with the, in, with the, with the Lord and, and instead of just only listening to podcasts. I, if anything, the Remnant Call would be a program that when you were done listening to it, you said, you know what, I've got to do something about my relationship and the time I spend with the Lord. Not, hey, I want to just listen to the next episode of whatever, or I've got to go on to the next show. I want this show to be something that makes a difference in your life because you're so moved by it by the end that you must draw closer and nearer to God to make a difference in people's lives. So that at the end of the time, Maybe someone will be will look back and say, you know what, this show was not just about the end times; it was about making a difference in people's lives. And Doctor Lake, I, I feel that that is what people they get they're stuck in this funk, and they they just almost feel like they can't get out of it and don't know what to do. And they know they need to get right; they know they need to make a a change, but they feel so trapped. And how do you deal with that? We need to realize that. Uh... Um, the easiest way to explain this, Genesis 1-2, you know, when the earth uh, was void and all this stuff, that the word tahu, you know, means void, but it also means unreality. And so anytime the enemy comes in, he brings this unreality with him. When Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free, one of the definitions of the word truth is reality. And the reality is, we're free in Christ. The reality, the kingdom reality is God can use us. The kingdom reality is that 
that I can hear the voice of God, that I can be filled with his spirit, that I can understand the word of God, that I can be used and moved in the gifts of the spirit and to develop the character of Christ with the, with the fruit of the Holy Spirit in my life. The unreality is the garbage that the enemy puts on us to keep us from reaching out for that which belongs to us in the kingdom. And what, what heaven is saying is quit listening to the lies and start listening to the Word of God. You know, what, what was the first piece of armor in, in, in Ephesians chapter 6? It was truth. If you don't have the truth of the Word, you can't put on any other part piece of the armor. In fact, it, in fact when you look at a, a Roman soldier, the belt was the most vital part because it held it all together. That if, that, if, that if that belt would come apart, his armor would fall off his body. And we, we've got to be reestablished in truth. We, we, have, we have allowed the devil's unreality to become our reality, and we need to see that it is a lie. And as God begins to renew our mind and begin to line us up with the, with the, with the Word of God. And, and I, one of the things I have developed absolute confidence in, there, there have been so many times, Mary and I, we did not have a clue what to do, brother. Absolutely no clue. And I and how do you pray? God, I don't have a clue, but show me what to pray. Show me what to do. And every single time, God would put on our hearts to begin praying about something. And sometimes it would, it would even sound weird you know, now in retrospect, it doesn't because we knew some of the mind games and all the different things that they were doing against us. But just, just to, to say the prayers that the Holy Spirit gives us can change the tide of a war and change the tide of your situation uh, overnight if we would just take the time to do it. Amen. You know, <clears throat> Dr. Lake, there's a there's a, a sometimes this um, feeling like you, you're so trapped, as we were talking about earlier, and you're right, hearing the truth, and it goes back to the very beginning. And I remember we had um, Brad Huddleston on the show here. He um, talks a lot about the dark side of technology, he has a book on digital cocaine. He lives just like 40 minutes down the road from me here, and I met him for another good friend of mine. But he was talking about in South Korea how they had wanted to become the most technologically advanced uh, country in the world, South Korea. And they really did accomplish that. But out of that, they began to have so many disorders, mental disorders, from all their bombardment of technology. It was causing severe problems. And so they had to set up these detox centers. Um, now, Brad is a guy who travels around the world, works with the, South, the neuroscience division at the University of South Africa. I mean, this guy knows what he's talking about. And they had found that if a person, I think it was six weeks, he said, would set down all technology, I believe it was six, it might have been even less, but would put away all their technology and this were people who had gone into what they call an anhedonic state. They had passed an anhedonia uh, where they had, they had so saturated their brain with this dopamine that they'd almost become semi like zombies in a way where they were just so glued to everything they couldn't, they couldn't hardly function. But if they would go to these detox centers and put this stuff down for, I think it was six weeks maybe, the brain would literally rewire itself and it would yeah. fix itself. 
I, I think that's in, in, in what you're talking about, in my view, that, folks, is that you've got to rewire. And rewire doesn't come from only hearing about the end times. Rewiring comes from hearing about the truth. I, I grew up so often knowing the principles. I was raised in a very strict and, and, and a very law-keeping family. Um, so we were strict. We followed the principles. And I realized when I was trapped in drugs later on in life, strung out on meth, my wife was leaving me everything, that just keeping the commands had no power to deliver me. I knew the truths, but I didn't know the truth. I knew the principles, Dr. Lake, but I had no idea who the principal was. And it wasn't until I cried out and actually met the Lord that he changed my life. And folks, I feel that this hour... It's time to rewire and get away from this madness. Take some time and just get alone. Sorry, Doctor. Like I'll turn it back over to you. I just it, it's so <laughs> it's so there to be had. And God's well. Listen, the truth is the truth is if you're near a device with a screen, uh, that there are elements of mind control that have been embedded in it. Same thing with social media, that every time you get a like or every time you get a ding, it, it, it's, it was created to be addictive. That there, there, is a, there is a logic behind every bit of this. And so, you know, detoxing from technology. I mean, people can't even put their phones down long enough to drive, and, which really has me concerned. Um, but we do, we need to bring back balance. You know, the, the early reformers, you know, we know, the, the, you know they had, they had Soda Scriptoris, only scripture, only grace, all the glory, only to God. But there's another one that people forgot that was one of their mottos. And it was Testimonium Spiritus Sancti, which literally meant that they knew and understood you had to balance the word with your relationship with God or the Holy Spirit. If you had... All spirit and no word, you went into mysticism, which we're seeing part of the church go today. If you had all word and no spirit, you went into legalism like what you experienced. It has to be balanced. See, that, that's what we're talking about, a balanced life of, yes, knowing what the enemy is doing, and, but, but at the same time, we, we, we have to be like that military. Okay, now this is what the enemy is doing. What kingdom principles can we put into operation to neutralize what the enemy is doing so that we can stay free and be a part of what Jesus wants done in the earth in the last days? And that takes balance. Well, folks, I, I, I think what Dr. Lake's saying is, is so true. And, and if I could just plead my heart for a moment, if you could only understand what God wanted for you, it would blow you away. If you only knew what he could do in your life, if you would let him, would shock you. Because the ultimate desire of a loving God is that more people would share in his love. And, and that, that means we... We need to come under his control. You know, the interesting thing, the Bible talks about taking every thought into captivity, meaning we've got a, we need a new mindset out there. And, and that, that is a great principle to be applied when coming to, we were talking about the social media and everything that's going on. It's time to get the thoughts back into captivity. 
But if you're going to bring them into captivity, then you need to bring them underneath the one who is the slave master, and that's the Lord. You know, it's it's a wonder. Slavery can be terrible, but it's a wonderful thing with the Lord. Being His bond servants is actually freedom. You know, it's interesting when you look at the even at the Ten Commandments, Doctor Lake. Everything God put in the Ten Commandments was actually a blessing for your neighbors. If you had a great walk with God, you feared Him, you honored His days, you, you, you didn't steal from your neighbor, you didn't covet your neighbor's wife, what a wonderful freedom it was to live in your neighborhood for your neighbors. Folks, God... Isn't that what, isn't that what first John in First John? He said, you know, this, he says, you know, the best thing we can do is, is to... To walk in the love of God, and this is the love of God, that you keep his commandments, and yes. his commandments are not grievous. Amen. And, and folks, that's the wonderful thing about following, coming into the captivity of the, of the Lord, being the ruler over your mind, and that comes through seeking his face, studying, praying. Turning down the distractions, as Dr. Lake was talking about. There's so much garbage going on out there. Folks, I can tell you right now, if you could actually turn on and see the invisible world, not, not from the, I'm not talking about from spirits. I'm talking about from radio waves. If you could see the invisible world, remember that old TVs when we had static, you know, and you actually had to work to get a channel. Well, if you could see all of the waves and the garbage going on all around our braves, it, brains, it would just it would scare you. It's that it's that old static we used to see. It's flying everywhere around us, and it's full of different frequencies and microwave signals and and things that are just unhealthy. And we've got to turn this stuff down, uh, Doctor Lake. What we're getting close to. To, to come to the end of this show. Dr. Lake, what is your advice right now? It, 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 you know, what is your, what is your, what would you say to somebody right now that's like, Dr. Lake, I'm, I'm tired of, I've tried, I feel so trapped. What, what advice would you give at this moment for that person who feels like they can't get free from this struggle? Number one, identify it. You be real about the giant, be real about the struggle. You know, I've got I've got friends that are that are fighting illness. I've got some friends that are fighting uh, that are fighting some type of of addiction. You know, and and you, with addiction, you've got to actually uh, it takes three years to completely rewire the brain uh, because some of these addictions will literally wire your brain incorrectly. And and just giving giving God the space to do it. Uh, the truth is. If I set my hand to the plow and begin working with God, what I, what I have found is, okay, now, you know, today I can only take one step. That's all, that's all I can take. I can, I can pray a little. I can, I can read a little bit of Scripture, and, and that's all I can do. Well, then you do that faithfully. And tomorrow you believe, God, that you can do more than you did today. That, that's that's. Because you're doing two things. You're tearing down the old and you're beginning to build something in its place. And each day you try to do more. Each day you try to, you try to press into God more. And, and to keep, you know, for, you know, let's say if you're fighting cancer, that cancer is working against you 
and you need to have the word playing in the background. You need to you need to do things to boost your immune system. There are a lot of things that we can do, and we we need to get out of uh, victim mode. As long as you're in victim mode, you're never going to get out. But say, Lord, I'm tired of being a victim. I'm ready to be a victor. And Lord, teach me how to do it. Show me, show me the one thing that I can do today that's different than what I've been doing. And faithfully do it. And the next day he'll, he'll, he'll give you another step. And the next day he'll give you another step. And why is that so important? Because, you know, so many people say, I, I just got, well, I want God to just wave his hand and it just all go away. He's building a testimony in you. How he brings you out and how the day by day by day, each day you got stronger, each day you got freer, and God gave you this scripture and God gave you that scripture, it becomes a template for anybody that's in the same situation you are. You can look them in the eyes and say, listen, if you pray and do these things and be faithful at it, God will walk you out exactly the same way he walked me out. I'm not. I'm not looking for something instantaneous. There's the, the we we have lost the biblical principle. It's it's the walk with God. God had to Abraham had to walk with God out of Babylon, and it's in the walking. Jesus called to his disciples, "Come walk with me," and it was in the walking where he discipled them and taught them as they followed him. And we, we've got to get back to understanding halakha or this walk with God, and that as I walk with Him. All of a sudden, I be, he began, you know, it's like you're walking with God, and he says, listen, there's this stone that you've been carrying in your pocket that's been holding you down for a long time. How about throwing that one off now? And when he speaks the word, it comes off. And that, that's all a part of the journey for every single one of us. And, and heaven is saying, listen, if you'll do the work, if you'll seek my face, and even if it's this, some, this one small change that the Holy Spirit tells you to make today, if you make that change, if you do that one little thing, it is preparing you for a greater step tomorrow. And in the process, you gain strength. It's entering into God's weightlifting program. You, you gather strength. You're developing a testimony. And you're going to give hope to others. When God gets this thing done in you, it's going to bring hope to others because if you're in this situation I guarantee you there's a million other people on this planet in that same situation that your testimony will give them hope. And Amen. we can see lives changed by what God's going to do with you right now. Glory. You know, Dr. Lake, this is a thank you for that because when you just when you said the word preparing a testimony, I was thinking the exact same thing. Folks, when I go around and I preach at other churches and, and, and from time to time I will share my story, my testimony, my conversion from a life of addiction and drugs and fighting and violence and, and, and how God miraculously saved me and my family. And one day outside of church, I didn't even know how to get saved. Um, that when I take my wife with me, Dr. Lake, and it's hard because even though it's been 20 years being free, the wounds, they still hurt 20 mm -hmm. years later, even when she's there with me. But there's always something very interesting. We've learned this through the years. That not only was God building testimony in me to prove that he could save 
anybody, regardless, no matter how far they were gone, they, anybody is savable by the blood of Jesus Christ. But at the same yeah. time, Dr. Blake, he was building a testimony in my wife on how to survive being married to somebody like me. And so when we are at churches, when I'm by myself, people will come and say things and, 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 and tell me stuff that's um, unbelievable at times of what they're going through. And I'm so thankful that they feel comfortable enough to share it. But when my wife is with me, more people will go to her and they want to know how she did it. And I'll tell you, folks, she did it by the grace of God. Yeah. That through the hell that I put my family, my wife learned how to stand strong no matter what the situation. And God was building two testimonies. And I find it so amazing and wonderful that when she's with me, how much people need to talk to her even more than they want to talk to me when she is there. It's amazing. And the whole time we look back and realize God was doing something that at the time seemed like hell. Like you talked to us about earlier, Dr. Lake, yes, for the believer, this is hell. But for the unbeliever, it's heaven. But through that hell, we got a clear vision of what heaven is going to be like one day. When it's all over and we're in glory. Yes. Dr. Lake, thank you so much for joining me here tonight. I, I just appreciate you more than you can ever imagine. And if you wouldn't mind sharing again, I know if you could from memory, a few of the conferences you do remember I'm coming up here. If people want to come check you out and see you, maybe meet you out there on the road, where are you going to be speaking at soon? Uh, the 1st of March, uh, the first week in March, I'm going to be in Dallas, Texas for Hear the Watchmen. And some of the other ones that come to mind, not the exact dates, uh, Go Therefore Conference in Lima, Ohio with uh, Dr. Mike Spaulding. I'm going to be there. I'm also going to be at the True Legends Conference, uh, which I believe is in June down in Branson, Missouri. And I'm going to be back in Branson in, Aug in uh, uh, August for the Defender Conference. And I've got some other ones scattered here and there, but I'm getting old, and if I don't have them written down, I'm in trouble. <laughs> Amen. And mention again your, your your website on how people can follow you. Yeah, kingdomintelligencebriefing.com. And uh, right up on the uh, top right-hand corner, you'll see where you can add in your email address and just hit subscribe. That way, anytime we post anything, you guys will immediately get an email that there's a new video, new podcast, or whatever that's available, as well as the information on the, the conferences as we can get them up there. Amen. Dr. Lake, I'm going to ask that you just close. Thank you. I feel like I was in church tonight. I feel like I have been ministered to, and I appreciate that. And I'm going to ask that you just close us out with a word of prayer um, that God would do something in his people in these last days. Well, Father, every person that's out there tonight, that is facing a giant, that's facing a bondage, that is something the enemy has done that uh, is holding them back. Father, right now in the Spirit, Father, I just release the fire of the Holy Spirit into their lives. 
Father, may it burn off the chaff. Father, may it burn off the bondage. Father, may it burn off everything the enemy has done to hold them back. And, Father, I ask right now that it would burn within them a kingdom tenacity to go on with God no matter what the devil does, no matter what the world does, that they have a finisher's fire that's going to cause them to run this race and to run it free and to run it powerfully, that they would become a, a, a light in this dark world for you. And, Father, we command those bondages to break. We command those giants to go down. We command the strongholds to go down right now. And, Father, I ask that not only would they have the fire, O God, but they would have a supernatural hunger for your word and for your presence. Like never before, may they get hungry and may they get thirsty for your kingdom like never before. This day forward, and Father, we claim it tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Folks, this is Brother Frank and Dr. Michael Lake on the Remnant Call saying to everybody, good night and shalom. Trumpet in Zion, for the day of the Lord is come. Lord, trumpet in Zion, for the day of the Lord is come. Lord, trumpet in Zion.